Welcome to the Media Mavens Podcast, brought to you by the Evergreen Network. The Media Mavens Podcast is where you'll hear the latest and greatest trends, topics, and tribulations with industry leaders. And here is your host of the Media Mavens Podcast. She is the original Media Maven, Sarah Miller. Hi, this is Sarah Miller, CEO of Access Entertainment, and your host for Media Mavens Podcast. I'm here today with my co-host, Joe Pirates. What's going on, Josie? Oh, we're getting ready for a big weekend here in Tucson, the Baja Beer Festival. It's going to be a great big <laughs> fundraiser for uh, local breweries here in Tucson. Uh, so are you going to distribute beer and send beer to people and post it? We don't say anything like that because the Postal Service doesn't like that. Oh, but I feel, I feel a weekend podcast coming on. Oh, wow, yeah. We need to chat about this in more depth, but you won't waste too much time talking about beer because we need to be talking about donuts because I'm super excited that Tommy Tejita, who was a character designer for Walt Disney and was a creative guy for The Simpsons, is on our show today. Tommy, welcome to Media Maven's podcast. Hi, how you doing? I feel like I should have sent you some donuts. Okay, let's <laughs> and I, I want to talk about you know character design and everything at Walt Disney you have such a tremendous background with such great stuff to talk about. But let's just go directly to The Simpsons because I remember when they came out to Universal Studios, you know, the Simpsons theme. Yeah, Springfield, yeah. And I feel like there was, I swear to God, and I'm not exaggerating, when I was there, it was nothing but donuts and beer at the um, Universal. And I'm like, that's not indicative of the Simpsons, but I get the donuts. I'm not sure where the beer and hot dogs came from, but I'm not a <laughs> Simpsons fan. So I'm not sure if they were in line with um, themes or not on that one. Yeah. Homer is a beer freak. Duff, he drinks Duff beer. Duff and, beer. Yeah, exactly. And and he always loves donuts. So that's probably why. <laughs> now, let me, let's, you know, I want to talk about this, but I know you're working on all this right now. Have you created, like, well, tell us what you're doing over at Walt Disney. And then are you creating these characters from, hey, we have a great idea. We're going to do this, this, this show. You know, we want to have these cartoon characters and here's kind of a similar personalities and just let you go create them from, build them from scratch. Or how is this process working? Well, there's two things. First, I want to clarify. When you say I'm working for Disney, it's the truth, but it's pretty surreal because that's only the case since the last two years, since Disney bought Fox. God. The Simpsons being Fox forever. And it seems pretty surreal that Disney is my boss now. They bought Fox except for sports and news. I think it was $75 billion. So anything TV and movies that was Fox now is Disney, including The Simpsons. Yeah, so and you're, and you're you are the correct. Disney company. Sorry, but I know you've worked on this. I could tell us what else you've worked on. Because all I know, I mean, I know you're known for your creative work and design on building The Simpsons character. So Let's talk about what else have you done and let's come back to The Simpsons because is it, who is it? What's his face? Sean, The Simpsons guy. Mike Running. Yes. Okay. So <laughs> yes, let's talk and let's, but let's talk about The Simpsons in a second, but tell us what else you're working on because of that Fox Disney merger. Everything to me just seems like it's all Walt Disney. What else is going on with you? On well, the other side? I started back in 92 with The Simpsons. Actually, I started Doing comic books in Argentina, where I, where I used to live, I relocated here to the U.S. to work in Simpsons. But I used to do science fiction comics back in the day. I started very young, professionally, maybe since I was 16, as a background assistant, doing backgrounds only. And then I moved on to doing everything. So 
And it's a big gap from comic books to animation. And my first animation gig was Simpsons back in 92, I think. And then I migrated over to Warner Brothers to work on the new Batman, I mean, new uh, Superman animated Superman adventures, worked on the new Batman adventures, Batman Beyond, Justice League. I was there for a decade doing everything that pretty much the Bruce Tim crew made, all superhero DC comics related. Then I went back to Simpsons and I've been there ever since. And occasionally, when I used to freelance, I freelance as in addition to my full-time, you know, eight to five Simpsons job, I would occasionally do freelance for maybe Hellboy, all animated, of course, uh, Avengers, X-Men, you name it. I, I worked on just about everything. And uh, I went back to Simpsons and that's where I'm at now. Now I'm a, a character designer. On Simpsons 2, I started animating as a layout artist. They call layout artists as a people who animate the characters. Then uh, I did a little bit of storyboards. Then I became an assistant director. I was doing that for six years. Pretty much did everything, timing, boarding, designing. And after that, I went back to character design. And the way it works, I don't create... Uh, in a way, I do create stuff, but not completely. We have to base everything on a script that is given to us. Let's say, I don't know, an example. Homer dressed as a fireman for this episode. So I have to come up, what Homer, look, what would he look like dressed as a fireman? You know, because we don't know. So, I mean, we did an episode when he was a fireman, incidentally. But uh, yeah, so... Someone has to come up with the new designs for each episode, either new characters or, you know, whatever's on the script that's new. Um, we get an assignment sheet and uh, we'll try to get it all done on time so you guys can watch it on TV. <laughs> you keep passing back to like, what is it about The Simpsons that kept, I mean, Batman and all that Justice League is pretty badass, but you kept bouncing back to The Simpsons. Was it like, what was it? Was it the characters, the donuts, the whole cartoons, the whole storyboard? What kept drawing you back to these guys or this little? Well, I came back. I was in a, I think I was in a hiatus from Justice League. It was a short hiatus. And then uh, um, I'm like, okay, well, I got to keep feeding the monkey. So I went back to Simpsons by default. I, I say, you got to have my old job back. And I stay there. <laughs> you know, it's prime time. And it's probably the best paid animation gig out there that I know of. I mean, there are amazing cartoons that I see on Netflix originals and Netflix and Amazon Prime. And there's so many new cartoons that I would love to work on. And I have many friends. Uh, I mean, I've been in the industry for so long. I know a lot of people and I, I look at the credits. I'm like, oh, so-and-so did that. Oh, I know that person. So I usually know a couple of people on every animation show that I watch. But I don't know. It, it's something about Simpsons. Uh, it's so iconic. You know, it's like a pop culture thing. And everyone knows it around the world. Favorite, And it's so funny because if you talk about the branding, the pink donuts that I've been surfacing. I've been to events here in LA and Hollywood, pre-COVID, obviously, where they've had like Simpson, like monster pink donuts and stuff. It's all about the Simpsons. And then I was remember the Emmys Academy. So you know, they do all the screenings and stuff before the Emmys. And, you know, Fox, Disney, they would do their series of stuff. And there was, every time the Simpsons did something, there was always Everybody was just eating donuts. I mean, you have the donuts. I don't know about the Duff beer. You have the whole came thematic at the Universal Studios, the theme park. It's just, it's such a cold. I don't know any other like animation or cartoons that have actually taken that brand so far out. 
Yeah. Simpsons has. And it's Seth MacFarlane is who I'm thinking of. Yeah, for Family Guy. There was also Fox, but it's now Disney, I'm assuming. So got it. So was so is Simpsons the only one you're working on currently right now for Walt Disney, or is there anything else like coming up that maybe is out there, just not as big or coming they'll be launched this season? No, that I'm just right now, well, starting maybe a couple of years ago, I had the the epiphany, life is short and then you die. So <laughs> I decided not to freelance for other people's personal projects or even if, unless it's a ridiculously, extremely well-paid gig and like a one-time shot or something that I'm a big fan, like Invincible just came out on Amazon Prime and I, I was a big fan of the comic. And uh, unless they call me to freelance on that, I'm like maybe for a little bit, but uh, I really don't freelance anymore. I don't. I don't do commission work. People ask me all the time, "Hey, can you draw me as a Simpson?" or, or I'll pay you. And I'm like, "No, sorry. I, I got so many personal projects. I'm putting together a gallery. I paint on the side. Nothing to do with Simpsons. A complete different style. Very realistic. I do my own paintings. I paint digitally in Photoshop. I do my best to do it as realistic as possible." Some people think I do photo collage and paint over it. And that's not the case. I actually copy everything and make it look as photographic as I can. I print it on canvas and then I paint on it again with acrylic and then a a third layer of a clear gel. So it looks like oil and they're 3D. A lot of them are more than half of 3D. So I'm putting a gallery. I got 22 pieces. I'm working on nine simultaneously. And whenever I'm done, I'm going to do a solo show and see if I, if I can do that. But that's on the side thing. So that keeps me busy. But it's a side thing. But you're going to actually go into a gallery when things get better. People can go out to events. You're going to do an actual gallery and sell your pieces. Because I want to see what some of these look like. It sounds Yeah, I'll definitely send you an invite. I mean, I, I got way to go. I got so many. I got, a, I got nine that are printed on canvas and that I still need to go over it with acrylic and then I, I need to do another layer of clear gel. So I got a little work to do. It's not, I'm not going to be done anytime soon, maybe another year at the most, but uh, yeah, like I, I, I work on one painting at a time. I do whatever I can with my free time, which is never, you know, uh-huh. time's a luxury I can't has, afford. Has, has anybody ever, I feel like pre-COVID, maybe we're out drinking at happy hours, asked you to do, to draw a Simpson cartoon on a napkin for a tattoo? Yeah, I, I, I got that. Um, I, I actually love truck. <laughs> I, I got I, so people ask me that so many times. I mean, I lost track. I actually have a, a file cabinet. I was going through some old drawings when, when now we do everything digitally with a Cintiq. You know, it's got, it's kind of like a Wacom tablet, but a screen, and you actually draw with a plastic pen. Yeah, this is my pen now. <laughs> uh, stylus. Do you, have, do you have a Simpson tattoo? No, uh, no, it's just dragons. <laughs> uh, one thing, if people really want to take a look at your work, and, and I, I'm very impressed by what I've seen on your website, but uh, TommyTejeda.com, and you can actually purchase some work from Tommy on yeah, his Yeah, I did some site. posters, yeah. you know, some postcards, I'm related by 17 posters, mostly yeah. fan art. It's just for the love to art, you know, it's not, I'm not really making that much money to be honest. It's mostly because I, I love, it's a bunch of obscure characters that only 
the geeks would like, like myself, you know? Well, yeah, I'm a geek as well. And I was geeking out on it. To be honest with you. But, <laughs> you what have, I'm, but they're, they're actually, there's Superman and Wonder Woman. You have some really great stuff on here. I actually found one that I like. I, okay, so my favorite animation, sorry, Joe, I got to get this out because it's going to drive me crazy. It, no disrespect to The Simpsons or Star Trek or anything else I know we're going to keep out on this podcast. I love the minions. So obsessed. I mean, I did like the trolls. I love the trolls. The little glitter <laughs> ones, the parts glitter. I love the trolls because of color and the music. But I am so obsessed with the minions. And when the minions first came out years ago, these big yellow, funny little five foot things waddling around Beverly Hills. And I was laughing like, oh, there's a PR stunt. What the hell is that? Never in a million years. They were the minions before they actually got created and stuff. I am such a minion fan. I it just it's just it beyond like I've seen all three of the minion. I mean, I keep watching. It's like the trolls. I just keep binging over and over and over when I need something to watch. Those are my yeah. two favorite ones. Yeah, I, I, I never worked on that. Um, I love all the movies. I have a friend that actually worked on that. Uh, I think they started on that Gru movie. The character grew, and then the minions were like the secondary and then they have their own they became so popular and everyone liked them so much that they got their own movies I didn't so. know Gru had his own but honestly the, I think the Minions Despicable Me was the movie yeah. and then there was Despicable Me 2 and then the Minions kind of took off on their own you know but they got introduced from Despicable Me with, with Gru like well, they were disturbing to be honest yeah. The Minions made Gru's career, not the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't win an Oscar. He's got to give credit to the Minions. They're the only reasons why he went anywhere. Yeah, nothing will get done if it wasn't for them. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You you speak of Oscars, and I, I'm going to tell, tell you guys this right now, but Tommy and his group was actually nominated for an Academy Award back in 2012 for a theatrical short that had to do with The Simpsons. Yeah. I mean, when you heard that, you must have been like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, we freaked out. I mean, I was working on the show and typical is they're like, stop. We had to pull you off for a, for a special project. I'm like, OK, uh, what is it? I don't know. It's a, it's a Maggie short. I'm like, OK. So I designed a bunch of like a book that opens up and it's the first time that it's 3D. It's going to be uh Shown theaters, I guess, a short feature before the Ice Age 4, but they used to do back in the day when they show you an animated short before the movie. I'm like, okay, great. And next thing you know, we're nominated for an Oscar. So uh, we all kind of like freaked out. I'm over the moon about it. Um, but we, we lost to Disney, ironically. It's like they're teasing us. First, they take the Oscar from us and then they buy us. <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm your boss. So, <laughs> but, but how many uh, Emmys Emmys have you won? I mean, because I mean, I know the Academy Award nomination is great, but you have actually taken home some hardware because oh, yeah. thanks to Batman, thanks to Superman and thanks to The Simpsons. Yeah. Yeah. I think we got one for Justice League, too. Uh, I got a bunch of certificates here in my office. They're all framed. But yeah, I mean, I was part of the crew when we all got certificates. Uh, I think the director only is the only one that gets a statue. But uh, it's just an honor, you know, to to get your your tux and go to the Emmys and then win. You know, <laughs> it's such a thrill. It's, it's such a huge honor, you know. Yeah. Um, so I think I got five or six. I, I don't even count anymore. <laughs> and along with that Annie Award as well. So Oh, uh, yeah, that was a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. 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 And in 2019, we won for uh, Best Animated Short. And I was actually a character designer on that one. So, yeah. Wait, uh, where is the connection with all of this and the Nova Star? 
Noble Star. Noble Star originally was the name of a sci-fi epic that I wrote. I wrote a screenplay. It's just sitting in a shell collecting dust because I'm too busy to, to do the Hollywood shuffle and start pitching it around. So it's super epic. It's Star Wars epic. Uh, it would take at least two hundred million to be made. You know, no one's gonna give me that if I never like made Guardians a movie of before. Guardians of the Galaxy epic because you use no Galaxy, yeah, like that. Yes, super epic. Aliens and the but the whole catch is has a spiritual, a profound spiritual message. I didn't want to make it like a boring spiritual lecture. So it's a lot of action, like a roller coaster ride of action adventure and little messages, profound messages here and there. The reminders to, you know, remind people to be nice and get along <laughs> and concentrate on spirituality as the key to evolution. But that was the idea. I designed it. I did some boards, hired someone to take a, you know, a pass at the script. I didn't like it. I rewrote it. And it's just there. Whoever I showed it to really liked it. Not a single person that I showed it to didn't. Everyone loves it. I just need to land that on the right lap with a good investor, a major company, and I'm sure it'll get made. But it has to be epic. Like, it has to be like proper epic Hollywood style. In the meantime, I used to go to this festival named Burning Man. I don't know if you heard of it. Yep. You have the UFO. I'm obsessed with the UFO. And I think I borrowed it from your facebook page to reposted one of these days it is the perfect little flying saucer yeah i, I made that for burning man it's an art car oh, nice. we call it art cars you, you, the whole goal is to make any vehicle not look to what you started from uh, it could be a bus it could be a truck it could be a golf car so i went for a golf car i went for an a tailored done industrial golf car uh we'd shop off the top and we build a structure uh, and we weld everything and we made pretty much the 50s classic UFO with the dome and the bubble and the, the flying saucer shape. It's electric, it drives, it's loaded with LEDs, have new batteries on it. And I've been to Burning Man seven times and three times with my R car. It's an odyssey. I mean, seriously, towing that from California all the way there and back with an oversized vehicle when you got to drive slow. It's, it's like at least a 24-hour trip each way. But uh, it's worth it. Now? It's worth it. Is it in your garage? No, no, no. It doesn't fit in my garage. It's 11 feet wide and 9 feet tall. I just uh, I just want to know if I could go for like a joyride to go get it. Yeah. As right now, it's uh, actually, it was on my uh, driveway on my trailer. I have a flatbed trailer. Uh, I was sitting on my driveway ready to for any event. I rented out for parades, events. Uh, I was part of the Hollywood Christmas Parade a couple of years. Little, you know, events here and there, festivals. And unfortunately, after five years, I live in Simi Valley. The homeowners got a new board and they're like, nope, you can't park your spaceship and you're driving anymore. And I'm like, whoa, the kids love it. I get all the kids on my neighbor's kids' rides. Everyone well, loves it. Park a spaceship. What's that? I mean, where else are you supposed to park a spaceship? Exactly. Uh, I mean, it doesn't fit in any trailer parking because it's 11 feet wide. And that's the, the, the space. It's 11 feet for RVs parking. So uh, I made a case so that I know, because if we make an accession for you, then we have to make an accession for anybody else. I'm like, yeah, but how many people do you know that have a spaceship? <laughs> uh, they didn't say anything, but they were pretty hardcore about it. Like, no. So I have to find a storage. Luckily, the gentleman that redid all my electrical wiring has been fixing parades since the 80s near, near the Rose Bowl in Pasadena. So um, I found storage. I found a home. And it's there until I book it for... 
any events. It could be a photo shoot, a music video, a rave. I, actually, I got a call for uh, the, the comedian Hannibal Perez. It was at uh, Rose Bowl. He was in the middle of his stand-up and he would just jump off, get on my ship. And it was a, a drive-in kind of concert with Thundercat, which is amazing musicians, the whole band. And so I had the big screens on each side, like proper concert style. And I would drive between cars, but Hannibal would mess with people with a microphone and stick, you know, cracking jokes. It was really hard not to laugh when I drove him around because he's hilarious. He's really funny. I love that guy. But um, so, yeah, that was that came out of nowhere from one day to the next. So um, that was a very well paid gig. And it was it was a dream, you know, to do that. I always want to be part of a concert with, with my spaceship. It's so um, funny you said that because I have a five foot four, literally alien in my garage. He's like five foot five, but I mean, he's a good one. He has a silver shiny jumpsuit, a blue crystal, but I'm in LA. He's going to look fashionable. Joe, I can see the look on your face in Zoom. <laughs> but we did, we ran a Coachella event for AEG, the after zero gravity party for three days in a row in the desert. We had a 72 foot rocket ship and, you know, the domes and the aliens, you know, when the windstorms blow through Coachella and, and everything, you're just, everything is yeah. We saw shoes, alien bells, alien heads. It was like yep. alien bodies everywhere. So we had to scoop them up, make sure they were near the spaceship. But one of them accidentally with a good friend of mine just had to take a beat in the back of my car until we found his shoes. And he's now came home with me. I've been trying to find a place for him. We call him Alfred. You know, it is what it is. Got to give him a name. But he is like five, six, huge head, silver outfit. Like I brought him out for Halloween for so many years. We had <laughs> so many people doing photos with him. I'm like, yeah. I the rights to Alfred. But I cannot figure out what to do with Alfred and go up on this whole different loop here. There's a place between L.A. and Vegas and Baker near Area 54. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The and big place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I get with all the um, aliens and spaceships. I literally sent there's a funny story. I sent them an email three weeks ago. Hey, I was at your place a month ago because we drove through up to Park City skiing. Great beef jerky, by the way, for anybody who loves beef jerky. But I go, I have an alien in my garage, you know, about five, six. So the summer jumpsuit, we got him because he got tracked down by you know spaceship out in the desert in the windstorm. And I explained this whole story. You know, would love to donate to him so he could be with his friends. Ha ha. No, seriously, I have an alien. I was kidding. But then I realized there's no place to attach a photo. And then when I hit send, and I went backwards. I realized, oh, my God, they're going to think I'm a complete 54 whack job. Because when I read it, I gave so many details. They probably thought I was crazy or hosting a real life alien in my garage. I'm like, this is why they're not going to call me back. So I kept calling and emailing. You know, seriously, it's an actual alien, but not a real one. But he is one. Can you just call me? I think I terrified them thinking I'm a, like literally an alien freak. So I finally got a hold of somebody and I'd explain the story. He's laughing his ass off because there's no good way to say this, but he's got to be with his own kind. I don't, I'm not going to throw him out. He's been in my garage. And at the end of the day, we're like, are we talking about a person, an alien? But I'm like, legitimately, let me just send you a photo. I'm not a whack job. And I sent this guy the photo for them to get back to me so I could drive him out because they have all those big aliens out at Alien Jerky, but now they don't get back to me. I may just have to rent him out with you in the spaceship and take that on the road. Well, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of some of the gray species that had a bad reputation for abducting people and never returning them. 
That, to my understanding, that's not happening anymore. But there's the little grays. There's the one that looked tan, then the looks that look pale. There's many, many types of grays, like like different types of humans on one planet. Imagine grays in the galaxy. The ones that are benevolent, I like. The ones that are not so benevolent, not so much. So I don't know. I will have to ask your your fellow alien in your garage what, <laughs> what type of gray is it? Have you abducted people in the past? Are you a nice? Are you benevolent? <laughs> he is a nice one. He's a good one, and he's very fashionable in the silver shiny jumpsuit. He is styling. So I think I want to send you a photo of Alfred. When we're off this podcast, Tommy. We I think there's something here to this. <laughs> Dude, you speak my language. That's all I got to say is you speak my language. <laughs> okay. And so like, so, so I love that you went down this road or like we brought up Nova Star because, you know, the podcast is amazing. So many entertainment, so many people we know at WME and in the industry. I, these guys have got to hear and reach out to you because it, they're giving your artwork, your talent, Nova Star, your epic, epic. It's going to be the next Guardians of the Galaxy. Somebody's going to come around and ask. And if anybody well, the, asks, I'm going to give them your contact. But the name I mentioned, uh, it's because I named my spaceship Nova Star. I had to name my ship or something. So since I already came out with a sci-fi epic named Nova Star and I own it, I'm like, well, I'm going to name my spaceship Nova Star, which in Latin Nova means new, so it's new star. Yeah. So that's why my, my spaceship, my UFO, is its named Nova Star. I even have oh. a website for it with albums for all the events that I've done and everything. So you can check so it should out. Should I change Alfred's name to Star Lord? Maybe we just got to make sure they match. <laughs> it's, uh, I actually, you know, I have a Star Lord jacket and outfit, believe it or not. Okay. I, I, I so, used that for an event once. <laughs> so I have Star Lord. You have the Nova Star. Yeah, this is, this is going to be a perfect match in heaven. Literally. Let's talk Superman. I just saw the Justice League. A little while ago, I was, oh the the Zack Snyder yeah uh, I, I know I, I, it was three hours I was like damn I thought it was like, <laughs> I already have two but like if it's a go you got to watch it installments I took me two nights to watch it I started I didn't stop and for three I mean I stopped got popcorn came back stopped but three hours like that's you know, a little long it was it made sense good. it made sense I mean uh, after watching the original knowing uh, poor Zach his daughter. You know, died. I think she suicided. It was really tragic. And then he had to take off. And uh, and Josh Whedon uh, took over. He did the Avengers back then. So he was a perfect candidate. And he finished it. I think they did a pretty decent job. But uh, after watching Zach's version for three hours, and uh, the only thing, it's a little long. Maybe the uh, ratio format was kind of square. Other than that, it makes sense. I'm like, oh, okay. Actually, other than being too long, like a Hobbit movie by Peter Jackson, you know, actually made sense. I'm like, okay, it does make sense now. I mean, good for him. You know, it's. They took parts of the other ones and just kind of reduped it. So I kind of recognize the exact scenes. But at the very end of Justice League, what my favorite part, how they ended it, it's definitely just going to be another one because how it was ended with Batman and some of the characters, you know, there's another Oh, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. I think they do, they see is going for the opposite of what Marvel is doing. Like Marvel started, the first Marvel movies were owned by Fox, like Fantastic Four, Spider-Man, Hulk. But then Iron Man was the first Marvel, Marvel movie, but John Favreau, who is amazing, he's a genius, and uh, Donnie Jr., obviously, you know, God, uh, you know, and uh, it was amazing because after that, that, that was the kickoff, you know, it's like, okay, now we're doing Marvel, Marvel movies the way we want to do them. And the way Marvel did it, they did the characters, solo movies, Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, and then the Avengers. 
And I think DC is like, no, we're going to do the opposite. We're going to do Justice League, then Wonder Woman, then Aquaman, then blah, 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 blah. You know, I think because yeah. uh, they didn't want to follow, they didn't want to copy Marvel, which is the competition. So it's understandable. And I think they're doing OK. I like DC's movies better on the TV shows like The Flash. Stargo was really good. Um, but I like the, the DC shows. They're really well done, but definitely I'm a Marvel guy. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I worked in Justice League. I love all the DC characters, yeah. but I, I also grew up with Marvel characters. My first comic book, I was seven years old. It's a team that was Spider-Man and Doctor Strange. That's how I find out about out-of-body experiences when I was seven. I'm like, hey, Dad, what's an out-of-body experience? Because I read it in a Doctor Strange comic, you know? <laughs> so I've been familiar with the Mystic Arts since I was a kid. So Doctor Strange is a big, a big fan, is a big character in my life and now I'm excited they're going to do another movie I think Sam Raimi's directing the next one Yeah. so I'm really looking forward to that what about Spider-Man because let's talk about Spider-Man like how I mean I mean he's in the red I mean Spider-Man it's just kind of like his shoes don't have to match his jacket his shirt it's like the Simpsons with all the elements he's just in a red little Spidey suit how is that oh well I actually did some freelance for the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon oh yeah it's, um, during one of my hiatus, I, I went briefly to work on Spider-Man when they were just starting the, the animated show, uh, The Ultimate Spider-Man. So I had to go buy all the comics, get familiar with it. And I did some designs for that. Uh, but Spidey is Spidey. It's a red and blue outfit. It's a classic. And uh, I don't know if you've seen Spider-Verse, the animated yeah. movie that, that got the Oscar. That was an um, amazing movie. Wait, no, I didn't see it. Yeah, it's amazing. It's an animated and it's it's an uh, it's a different universe. So the Spider-Man there dies. Spoiler alert. And, <laughs> and and it's a kid. It's a new kid, Miles Morales, and he has a different outfit, you know, uh, but you should watch it. Yeah, I don't want to say anything else if you haven't seen it, but it's amazing. I love that movie. And they're making another one. And actually a friend of mine is directing it. Really? <laughs> so good for him. Really? Yeah. Let me ask you, how many hours do you put in working on one single Simpsons episode? Because I, oh, I episode? We, yeah, we have 701 episodes of The Simpsons, 32 seasons. That's got to be a lot of time. Yeah, yeah. Well, since, you know, the original lockdown, I've been working from home for like maybe a year ago. Mm -hmm. And believe it or not, I wasn't a morning person before. Now I'm a total morning person. <laughs> so from eight to five, I glue my butt in front of the chair in front of my computer and I just draw, you know, whatever they throw at me. <laughs> so it's a little more relaxed, you know, to work from home, no, no interruptions. You can actually, I actually get more work done. <laughs> I'm actually faster because yeah. nobody knocks on my office to chit chat. Hey, how was your weekend? You know, how was your Easter? You know, I'm that. I'm like, no, I'm just focusing on my art, but, which I love it. I, I actually rather continue working from home if, if yeah. they allow me. Uh, it's a lot more productive. But uh, so I, as in hours goes, oh, I don't know. It's it's uh, it takes at least four months per episode. Four months an episode? At least, yeah. Wait, wait. At least back when I was an assistant director, it was at least four months from beginning to end. Wait, from, from the moment you get the script on your hands and they're like, go. And you ship all these scenes and everything. It's at least three, four months. Wow. Wait, but yeah. are, are you like, because you have to, because every scene, if you watch The Simpsons, this is going to suck because I don't really watch The Simpsons that much, but every scene is a different scene. And sometimes they may hold a cup in their hand, they may change, put a hat or different clothes or 
team. I put a fireman suit on. So it was like, well, how was like how many scenes to an actual episode, and then times that? Oh, it depends. Depends. Yeah. We get at least four acts. Uh, we used to have three, and it could be I don't know a few hundred scenes per act. It takes you three to four months, Tommy, for the whole episode, or per yeah, for the whole episode. Act. Yes. Okay. Wow. Yeah, that, for that all, is amazing. For, yeah, for each act. Yeah, I mean each act, act one, two, three, and now four. And the couch gag, and then retakes. Basically, the show is pretty much done in color, and then there maybe some retakes come in, maybe five percent, ten percent, and they hand that over to a different crew, a different director, and they take care of the read. So when you watch your show on TV for the first time, when you're an assistant director, you, it's your baby. You, you you know you work your butt off, you know, and and then sometimes. That 5%, you don't know what's going to look like if somebody else did it, you know, but they usually do a pretty good job. We all been working on the show for so long. We all know each other. We all know what to do. We all love it. And you can tell it's made with love, you know, and, uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, so I always trust whoever is doing it. I, I, I'm friends with everybody and, and I know everyone on the show and I'm sure. They're more than capable of doing an amazing job like they've been doing. So, mm-hmm. but it's, it's a little awkward to see different, like, Hey, they cut that scene, you know. <laughs> I yeah. animated that, you know. <laughs> but yeah. it's okay. Oh, I mean, yeah. yeah, it's okay. That makes the joke funnier, and it's worth it, you know. Yeah. Now, thirty-two seasons. How long is this going to go? I mean, seriously. Uh, I mean, how many times can you come up with uh, forever? Ah, there you go. <laughs> I just how many how many times can you come up with a different story? That because that's uh, seven hundred and one different stories of The Simpsons. I and have to hand like, it to the right, right. That's the writers, yeah. you know. I'm just amazed by that. The fact yeah, me that too. it's gone on for so long. 30 <laughs> you <and me> years. <laughs> I know. Amazing. Now, is. Is, is it true that, that they do the uh, coloring in Korea? Is that true? That they, no, no, they that's the in-betweens. That's some of the animation. Okay. For instance, wow. let's say I, I, I do a I draw a picture of Bart with a pen here mm-hmm. and then another one here. So when we send it to Korea, they add two more we call those in-betweens so oh. when you play it all together it looks more smooth it looks it's not as choppy it looks more smoother because it has more poses so they do in-betweens in korea they, they do more animation there okay. and then they shoot it back and we color it here in the states okay because i've heard that the, at at one time that they were talking about coloring I, was it fruits or vegetables? And, and for some reason that some of the Korean vegetables and fruits look a lot different than they do here. And you come back and go, it's a banana, but it's blue. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they have blue bananas in Korea, but I don't know. I don't know who worked on that episode and I don't remember. But, but yeah, I mean, I, that, to my knowledge, the color is always done here and well, okay. was in the studio before the lockdown. But um but yeah, it's done in-house in the States. Yes, oh, that's okay. for sure. Gotcha. All right. the, uh, Korea, it's a big part of it. That's the animation the in-betweens and extra poses to make the animation look more alive, you know? Gotcha. Tommy, do you, do you have full creative freedom with these guys? Like if you decide, hey, guys, I style that and that's the wrong color blue because, you know, the next episode, the next set is a little bit off. We got to go back and I want to rechange it again. I mean, do you have that much creative control over all the... Somewhat, somewhat depends on the script. You know, you get the producers, you get the director, 
you got a crew of artists, you got the color department, you got the retakes department. It's a lot of people. It's at least 200 people in the studio and everybody's an amazing artist. And as a character designer, if I'm doing, I don't know, some design that's on the script and they're like, okay, you got to design X design, you know, and if, if it's comic related, cause I'm a, I'm a total geek. I do a, a color concept, you know, and it's not the final. So just to give the color department an idea what the colors for that character would be. And sometimes we request it to make it legally safe. So, you know, so I like to play with the colors you can do Superman just like Superman. That's super copyright infringement. So what can we do? So maybe you switch the colors, whatever's red, make it blue, whatever's blue, make it red. You know, they have three fingers, it's parody. We got away with that for 20 years, but not anymore. <laughs> so we always figure a way how to stay as faithful as possible to the, the character that we're spoofing, but also keep it legally safe, you know, but uh, I always, I'm a big stifler for keeping it as, as faithful to the comics or whatever it is that we're making fun of, you know, uh, if possible, if, right. if it's, if it's allowed, you know, and so within reason, but uh, yeah, the color, it's up to the color department and the director, but uh, sometimes I, I may do a color comp. But Is that why Justice League, I was surprised I watched Justice League because at the very end when Superman Wait, Joe, you saw Justice League, right? Yeah. Okay, so I don't want to blow it for you. No. At the very end, he came out in a matte black, like carbon black suit. He didn't have the red cape. He, okay, it's fashionably. I know it's not about Justice League. That's from the comics. But I like, but I like the black sleek yeah. armor versus the red and blue. I mean, that's my. Uh, yeah, that's because in the comics, when Superman, we all thought he died, yeah. and he was actually in a coma, and then it's like five Superman substitutes that came out. At that time, when he was in a coma, everybody thought he was dead. And then when he came back to life, just like in the movie, his suit was actually black. And he had a beard, you know, had a mullet. I'm glad Zach didn't give him a mullet, <laughs> you know. But uh, yeah, that, that was actually, it was black in the comics when he came back to life from his coma. So that I, I like to think that Zach was, Zack Snyder was faithful to the original comic. And that's why Superman's yeah. suit was black. Yeah, Exactly. Let me ask you, I know we've got to start wrapping up here, but when it comes down to the future of comics on TV or cartoons on TV, I've noticed them getting a little more adult at times. Oh, and yeah. where is, is that Adult Swim? No, adult Swim, yes, adult definitely. Swim, yeah. Rick and Morty, yeah, yeah. Morty Invincible. It's Amazon Prime, and that's not for kids. <laughs> no, Wait, and, and Star Trek has actually gotten into that Wait, as well. Invincible, the big guy with the, he's a big chest blonde here and has... Well, I haven't seen Invincibles. Is that what you're talking about? No, that's new. That, no. that just came out. It's new. Yeah. It's, oh, okay. it's based yeah. on a comic and it's very faithful to the comic, but it's very gory. <laughs> it's it's the guy who came out with The Walking Dead, did a, a superhero show, and it's a little, you know, little it's very realistic. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Not for kids. <laughs> I, okay. I wouldn't say that. Yeah. <laughs> We're, where is the future going when it comes to cartoons? Like I said, Star Trek has now got, I think they're going to go with two cartoons now. What? One is uh, Lower yeah. Deck through Rick and Morty's creators. Yeah. And then they're also going with a, an animated Voyager one, from what I understand. Yeah, I, I saw that. It's pretty yeah, good. So it seems like it's the, really the good. future's it's really pretty bright. Yeah, yeah. The the Star Trek cartoon was hilarious. I know a few people that worked yeah. on it. I loved it. 
It's really, really funny. Pretty, really, pretty fast paced, you know, kind of like yeah. Rick and Morty. Because I think one of the writers from Rick and Morty ended up writing on the uh, Star Trek cartoon. And, but yeah, I think uh, nowadays with Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, whatever, you can do all these originals. You don't depend on uh, adult cartoons from manga from Japan exclusively. Now we can do our own content. Now the American people or, or the world are catching up. After geeking out on manga cartoons for adults, and realize, hey, cartoons don't have to be exclusively for kids. You know, that's originally how it started, but nowadays you can make cartoons for anyone. As for long as it's a good story, yeah. As long as it's a good story and it, or yeah. a crowd or to you know you can target it for, and no problem. You know, you can make anything nowadays. Uh, I think the future is not only TV or theater, maybe virtual reality, interactive. Uh, interactive stories that you're the character or you want to play Superman like a video game, but it's VR. And there's so many video games now, you know, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, like you want to play a Dragon Ball character, you know, I know, you know, with Dragon Ball cartoon has been around forever. I'm also a big fan of that. Like if you want to be Goku from Dragon Ball, you can play, make your own story. So I think the future is, it's whatever technology, whatever new technology, you know, brings, to this world, uh, and there's always going to be new media, uh, new animating technique or something. Whatever's new, uh, and people are going to jump on board and they're going to, you know, Marvel and DC are always going to be around and hopefully Simpsons. But um, now there's Disney. Hopefully we get Simpsons forever, like Mickey Mouse cartoons. Now we get Homer Simpson cartoons, you know. But, <laughs> um, it's the Simpsons spinoff. It's, it's, <laughs> it's Marvel, actually. We worked with the company. God, it was like probably eight, nine years ago, a client of ours, and they did a big deal with Marvel to make your comic book creator use the integrated software. And it was kind of before VR, AR, AI really became up. They were kind of a little bit way too ahead of their curve on the technology. So it didn't go anywhere, but they worked with Marvel. So you could like say Spider-Man, you pick the Spider-Man comic book and you could put your face in there. So you could be Spider-Man, you could put a tree, you could put, if you want to, you know, space up Spider-Man, you can put a, a little spaceship in there. You got Spider-Man meets Captain Crick. You make your own comic book creator with the software on your computer. Marvel was a good test subject. It didn't go anywhere because it was just too nascent back then. But it's going to what you're saying. They're, they're using this immersive technology that you could just be in your own immersive world right now. And I know Marvel has always actually been one of my favorites just because they actually won I forgot a category at the Media Excellence Awards, the Mobile Awards, like yeah. seven years ago. Marvel was one of the winners or one of the categories on the mobile side for taking the Marvel characters into the mobile world for downloads. I mean, I've always been a big Marvel fan. Plus, I love the work they do. Yeah, they're, the cinematic universe, it's outstanding. I love everything they're doing. I know Disney Plus, all the shows are coming up, WandaVision, uh, I just uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier is amazing. You know, all the shows are doing it. Just... Wait, did you like WandaVision? I loved it. Yeah. 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 At first, I was kind of like, eh, the first few episodes, okay. First, is I love Lucy, 50s, then 60s, then 70s, okay. But then on episode four, I was like, okay, now you got my attention. <laughs> this, they go behind the, the, the sitcom thing. Halfway through it, yep. Yeah, and then I was like, okay, ooh, now it's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> they bring characters from Thor and from Admin, you know, like they put them all together. So I like they the use the same actors from the cinematic universe and they're making all the shows. That's amazing. Yeah. You know, I like that. I like that. 
I did. So we're going to wrap here, but oh my God, Tommy, it was so <laughs> awesome to have you on here. Just oh. so, you know, the Nova star, you, you got a huge, epic, epic script you're sitting on. Yeah. I want good luck with that. Yeah. that Thank really you. Is. Next biggest guardians of the galaxy is Tommy Tejeda's project. You have Tommy Tejeda, T E J E D com, which is your talent, your artwork, everything you've done. So if anybody needs to contact you, they need to go to Tommy Tejeda.com. It was so tremendous. Tommy, having you on here, I owe you a photo of an <laughs> of alien. An alien. <laughs> <laughs> I got to rename him, but I owe you a, you know, Lord Star. But it was so much fun having you on. We were going to have you back again. To talk oh, about. thank you guys. It was That's a pleasure being here. And everything. So, okay, guys, it was so awesome. I'm super excited you were on, Tommy. Joe, it's been a pleasure as always. Oh, this- I love geeking out with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah Miller and me to be of his podcast. We'll see everybody next Wednesday. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Media Mavens podcast. If you don't want to miss an episode or download past episodes, subscribe to the Media Mavens podcast on your favorite podcast provider or on the Evergreen Podcast Network. To learn more about the podcast or our guests, log on to www.mediamavenspodcast.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>